0: needed to do something, and jewelry was connected to this, because since it's the biggest contributor, the biggest single contributor to these mercury emissions, and the biggest use of this gold is in the jewelry industry, that was delight for me that said, you know what, Bob, you can do something about this.
1: Why might we need to help address mercury emissions and poisoning, specifically through gold jewelry? And why is the use of recycled gold not able to help address the environmental impacts present within the industry? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. Green Dreamer is supported by our listener patrons and our sponsor, Buns, a community where people meet every day to trade things like clothing, houseplants, furniture, and art. You can check it out first by downloading the app Buns, that's spelled B-U-N-Z, on your smartphone, and I'll tell you more later. But for now, to our conversation with Bob Donofrio, the creator of Futura Jewelry, which is a jewelry brand focused on timeless designs and that only uses certified FairMind ecological gold, which helps to tackle our global crisis of mercury emissions. Green Dreamer, if you're ready, take a deep breath and let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word.
0: I live close to the ocean here on the East Coast in New Jersey, and so therefore, I spend a lot of time in the ocean, ocean sports So my first real understanding and attention to the environment comes through the ocean. And unfortunately, all of the plastics that now today people are talking about, but when I was a young person also, Mm. they were there then, and actually not too many people cared at that time. So my first real, I'll say, involvement in, in caring about things around us came from my love of the ocean.
1: And you mentioned that not too many people cared back then. Why do you think it was that people didn't care? And what's changed for people to have this awareness and desire to do something about that now?
0: I think it's just different times. I really do believe that different times in history, people are more attentive to certain things. And I just feel back then, a lot of it was devoted to just trying to get by and make things happen in families and raising families. And I think there was also this sense that there's not much that you can do about things. You know, Mm. I think there was a sense of isolation, people thinking that, you know, do I really count? And I think that what's happened today with the advent, certainly of the internet, it's really just empowered people to the point where, you know, what everybody knows that they can make a difference. Mm. And I think that's probably the single biggest thing in terms of what I think happened from then till today.
1: Well, I know that you started your career 35 years ago in luxury jewelry, and you're the former president of global brands, including Bulgari and Asprey. What was the revelation that led you to come out of that and start your own company, Futura Jewelry?
0: The revelation was quite simple, that unfortunately for all those years, I was very focused on doing my job, and doing my job was selling beautiful things to people and continue to make them happy and joyful. So that was my life, and I never thought to ask about where do these things come from. What happened was I was doing some independent research. And I came across this whole thing about gold, and primarily when we say gold, it's you know, really the small-scale gold mining around the world. Some of the larger companies that mine for gold aren't involved in this. And when I discovered that, unfortunately, 35% of the mercury emissions that we suffer from every day and every, every year come from this gold mining sector, and 70% of that gold that is mined in that sector gets used in jewelry. So for me, as soon as I read that, a light bulb went off. And the first thing I did was I went back to the people that I worked with through all those years. And then and I asked a simple question, did you know? And unfortunately, I found out that many of them did. And really, again, nothing was done. It was at that point then that I just decided that I needed to do something. And jewelry was connected to this because since it's the biggest contributor, the biggest single contributor to these mercury emissions, and the biggest use of this gold is in the jewelry industry, that was the light for me that said, you know what, Bob, you can do something about this. So that's mm-hmm. what started me on Futur.
1: You mentioned that you're Most of your colleagues knew about these issues. Do you think that is the norm where most people in the industry know, but they kind of just put it in the back of their minds? Or do you think most people are unaware, like how you were?
0: I'll say this. I I think it's a, a mixed bag, probably. I don't think there's any this way or that way. I do think that certainly the brands that have been coming out and I don't mean of late, but actually years before when I was asking the question, talking about ethical and sustainable. I think they were aware, and they are aware, and they were doing their best to bring their companies along with the necessary changes, okay, that should happen. But the truth is, is that when I got into this, the bottom line is, is that this mercury emissions problem, it's been declared by the UN the major threat facing our planet okay so it's serious and the only way to deal with this mercury emission stuff is to go right back to the source so it's not about using recycled gold because there's not enough recycled gold to satisfy the demand of the jewelry industry and it's not about just taking care of the social issues around gold because while that's very good and noble and we are doing that and very very important and necessary if we don't go the full route and get back into making them work. I would not say making because you can't make anyone do anything, encouraging them mm. to make change in the process, then this mercury emissions thing is going to plague us and our children forever. Mm. So we've got to get in there.
1: So recycled gold is great, but it nowhere near is enough to meet the demands of the market right now. And it also doesn't support the current industry to improve its practices.
0: Yeah, well, look at recycled gold came from a mine at some point, right? And I think the one thing that everybody needs to remember, and this is the thing that, again, I've educated myself the best I can, so, again, I'm not an expert here, but I'm just giving you my thoughts. There are 15 million miners that are a lot of times families around the world that have to mine for gold because that's the only way they can survive. That's what they do for a living. That's reality. So whether or not Mercury is good or not good, these poor people have to mine. And I think that's the one thing we all have to remember, that choosing other options don't help them and don't help the world. And I think that's the most important thing that we can take away from this. And then once we do that, and we devote every other solution or idea of solution, okay, to this piece and saying we need to remember these people need to also be incentivized to be able to change and trust that they're still gonna be able to live. And I think that's the key here. So rather than worrying about the company or how the company looks and things, we have to think about, okay, really these people and how do we, help them become part of the solution.
1: So can you walk us briefly through the process of gold mining and all of the environmental impacts entailed? I know you mentioned mercury, but I believe there are other ones as well that we should know. I'm
0: not an expert, and so therefore, you know, I'm not going to try to go into that too much. But the truth is, is that mercury has been being used for thousands of years. Okay, this is nothing new. Because just like gold is an element, so is mercury. It's all around. Okay, you don't create it. It's there. So, it's been known that when you put mercury and gold together, they attach themselves to one another. And then when you heat the mercury, okay, the gold eventually drops out into what they call an amalgam, and the mercury vapors go into the air. Subsequent to that, a lot of things happen. Some of that material called tailings gets washed into rivers and streams or left in where it is on the ground. And after that, they then use cyanide because cyanide helps get a higher yield of gold from the ore. So cyanides also, as you know, it's a problem. The truth is about cyanide, however, in the environment is that it has a half-life of a couple weeks. So a couple weeks in sunlight, while it's terrible to deal with and it could cause harm to the people using it, let's just say it doesn't do as much harm to the environment. Unless... It's put in when the mercury is still in there, and then in that case, it's really bad. Okay, then it's, it causes its problems. So the, the truth is, this is what the basically the process is. It's a very simple one for these people, and it's reasonably efficient. So that's uh, that's really what the mining industry is. When you talk about, again, small-scale mining, we're talking about 15 million of these people around the world. Yes. Hmm.
1: I think a lot of people today are aware that when buying jewelry that contains precious metals— It's important to see whether that sourcing was ethical, meaning ensuring safety and fair payment to the workers involved. But there is a better way to do things environmentally now. So what is the difference between Fairmind Gold and Fairmind Ecological Gold that you use?
0: Fairmind is an organization that's been around for probably about 13 years now. And it's a rather rigid process where the miners have to go through and they're audited. And there's a first level, which is where they deal with all of the social issues, the health issues, the educational issues, good child labor laws, all those kind of things where they improve the livelihood and the life of the people who find themselves in these mining villages or in these independent mining places. And then that's the fair mine gold. And then there's that next level where if they also are able to stop using their mercury and stop using cyanide in the process, they're willing to do that, then that becomes ecological gold. So at the end of the day, the top level of, I'll say, gold in terms of taking care of the people and their lives, as well as taking care of the environment and what is left behind is the ecological gold. And when I really got into this, Understanding this issue, I just knew that if you were gonna bring out something, okay, that's gonna make a difference, it had to start at the top. You can't start at the side of the slippery slope. Mm. So I immediately, once I understood okay, the problems and the issues, I just said Futura is gonna have to stand for both the social issues and the environmental issues.
1: And they're also very intricately connected because for the safety of the workers, if they didn't have to work with these toxic chemicals or have to deal with the emissions, it's also actually better for their health as well.
0: Without a doubt. I want to just keep everybody in mind here. You don't want to be draconian about these things. But, you know, mercury poisoning is a serious thing for all of us, okay? And, uh, I mean, all of us that breathe the air today, I mean, when the UN, UN declares this really the number one threat to the planet, it's not a joke. And, you know, one of the first things that happen when a young woman finds herself in the state of carrying a child or childbirth, I mean, the first thing the obstetrician asks for is a mercury poisoning test. Because, unfortunately, it's real. And those women that, you know, are found with the mercury poisoning have some serious choices to make because the consequences of what it does to the neural system of, of, of not only the fetus, but also of the mother and things are, are real. So I just, you know, the most important thing in all of this is that it's our problem. It's not their problem. It's, it really is our problem. And, and I think it's something that, like I said, I don't think it's been understood well enough yet. And that's what the purpose of really Futura is. And if you'll allow me just for a second, because I've been at so many of these little conferences and things, and last evening I was to an event. And I think the one thing that I, I want to make everyone aware of is that, you know, someone would say, jewelry, what's, what's a jewelry company doing in this? And and I think last night it became very clear to me that because so much of the problem comes from this gold mining and because 70% of that gold gets used in jewelry, that's where jewelry comes in. This is not somebody coming along saying, we need another jewelry company. No, it's something that says it's the one place where we need to create real consumer awareness and demand, and that's where it's used most, okay? Some of it gets used in other things, in electronics and places like this and stuff like that, but the most of this gold gets used in jewelry. And that's why Futura, okay, is here. It's not by accident. It's really by understanding that once again, the maximum effect is gonna come by creating demand for something new and modern, that then also causes and brings the awareness to every one of the problem. Mm.
1: And you may have mentioned this earlier, but do most of our mercury emissions come from the gold mining industry?
0: Yes, 35% come okay. from the small-scale gold miners, okay? And the next biggest egregious offender as an industry is the coal industry. And that's somewhere in the vicinity of like 27% or something like this.
1: So given that the gold industry is the top polluter of mercury emissions, jewelry plays a huge part in the gold industry. You're trying to improve the industry starting from it being a fair-mined ecological gold jewelry company because that's where you can see yourself making the biggest impact.
0: Exactly. In other words, like I said, I think... People have been talking about this issue for years, okay, years. When I say years, I'm going to say like at least 20 and maybe more. I mean, as I delved into this, I'm, I'm, I'm late to the business here. But I, I think we can't just keep talking at people, we have to give them something. Mm. And, you know, jewelry has been something that has been part of human culture for millennia millennia millennia, okay? And we love to adorn ourselves with it. And I and I think, again, because it's tied to this element, this beautiful element of gold, that's where the jewelry impact comes from and where Futura comes into that. If you'll allow me just to explain, I knew that if I was going to make a difference here, I had to give people an option that they didn't have before and the option wasn't about the mercury-free gold or the ecological gold truthfully because unfortunately most people won't buy things unless what they love them Mm. (laughs) it helps it it adorns them it complements them so when I conceived Futura I conceived Futura with a lot of different points of difference so that people could first buy into the jewelry and then get the feel-good feeling of the mercury-free. So Futura, we don't have a, a per se creative director, okay? Because anyone who's been in the jewelry business, as I have been for over 30 years, knows that all great design has already been done. And everybody then continues to copy, do, modify, or whatever. So what I do do is we use jewelry historians to go back in time. And whether that be 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, or 3,000 years, and look at various cultures and artists and things and find timeless design. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose of that was, again, today there's overconsumption. We don't need new styles and things. Let's find lasting styles that are modern and can appeal to people today. So Futura's whole intent here is that we are using jewelry historians. Let's go back, find these things. We're using a curation panel of women to identify what of those items are relevant, okay, and, and, and possibly interesting to them. And then we're producing those. And so like our release, so one is from the artist Man Ray. He was really famous for making his jewelry in the 70s. Although from the standpoint of photographer, sculptor and other things, it was from the 40s to the 80s. We went out, and I, I obtained the license from Man Ray, the Man Ray Estate. This is the first time that they've granted a license to someone to reproduce his jewelry, as we did, because they saw the cause of ecological gold. And so we're offering Man Ray, okay, to people. And it's the exact design of what he did back in 1973 and 1970. So I didn't do anything, but I got permission to reproduce, okay, I he not what he did. Back then. And then the next release is going to come, and I'll just tell you, from ancient Greece, 2,800 years ago. And the one after that is going to come from a designer called William Spratling. And what the whole purpose here is, is to give people an option that they've never had before. So they're not going to get a style from Futura, they're going to get a compendium of modern, timeless design that. They can keep coming back to it. there's a call to action. And and therefore, when they come back and maybe find something they like, and then find out made with ecological gold, there's a feel-good attitude. And that's really what the whole purpose is here. First, understand it's all about the consumer, because if we don't create demand, nobody's gonna make any change any place. And so that's really what we've we've tried to do here with Futura, make it different and then make a difference mm, with the that. ecological goal. OK, and that's really what our purpose is.
1: Your work really inspires me because of how much thought you put into this designing process. But how do you think, because I feel like currently fashion is just about quantity, like it's really driving overconsumption. Is it challenging yes. for you to really add so much depth to your work while knowing that there are so many new items constantly available for fashion consumers?
0: I'm not concerned. I believe in what we're doing here, and I believe that it's right. Is it going to take time? Without a doubt. Is it going to be painful? Without a doubt. But it's really, in my humble opinion, the only way. If we can't get someone's attention with the beauty of what you've produced and the fact that it It is timeless. and Like I said, if I put all these pieces, if you had them all in front of you, and I've had that in front of many other women before and people, you'd swear they were all made yesterday. So that's the key here. And, you know, all great brands, whenever they talk about rejuvenating the brand, where do they go? They go back to the archives. Why? Because we don't need new more other things what we need is just more great design and so it's already there it's been there and like i said i I just recognized because listen having been at some of those brands you mentioned at the start the genesis of the brand came from all those places. Mm. So you can find great design in Peru. You can find great design in India. You can find great heritage in Rome. And that's really what we're going to give to people. So, yes, the answer to your question is it's it's difficult, but I'm very enthused because I think once it gets out there, people are going to appreciate not only the, the differentiation, but also the transparency.
1: On this note, I want to ask you, what was your biggest learning lesson from having been a leader in the luxury jewelry industry that you use to support your work today or that you think we can use to support sustainability at large?
0: I have always been about the consumer. So I've always remembered that the most important player and the most important link in everything that we do is about satisfying what people want Not what I want to give them, but what people want. And the thing is is that when I worked with the bigger brands, I did realize that, you know, I kept giving them what I wanted, (laughs) what the brand wanted, when I say I, what the brand wanted, okay? And I'll say that's what really triggered me to understand what I needed to give them even more because the big brands are committed to to their whole branding and image. Well, Futura isn't committed to that. Futur is really committed to the consumer, so guess what? I could break away from that. So it was a learning lesson, and also it it opened my eyes truthfully to just say, guess what? Be 100% consumer-focused and give them what they want, and that is just beautiful, timeless design that they can treasure forever and not have that need to say, I'm tired of this or it looks like my grandmother's or something. That's the takeaway I would take from that experience.
1: Currently on your website, it says that 99% of gold are produced in ways that emit toxic chemicals, and your work at Futura is part of the 1% that doesn't and only uses FairMind Eco Gold. So knowing everything that you know, what is your biggest challenge now in being among the minority in the industry?
0: The biggest challenge now really is to make the model work. Uh, I'm also part of the partnership for the uh, United Nations Global Mercury Emissions Programme and I was at the conference a few months ago. And the key for everyone is we have to make, show a model that works, that then we can go and put it in other places and make it work. So I, I, I think that's the, that's the key for me, is just to put something together and show people that it can work from the mine. To the consumer in a circular manner, okay, because again, I want to keep stressing to everyone that will be listening to this, okay? The miners I've always seen as they're the heroes, and all we have to do is build their trust. We've got to we've got to build trust with them, and that's the key here. And the only way to build trust is that people want to keep buying what they produce, and that's the key here. And that's why I think it's quite simple. Gonna take a long time, without a doubt. But it's a very simple and I think will be a proven approach.
1: Mm. What is the incentive for the majority of the industry doing things the conventional manner in ways that emit toxic chemicals? So like how new is this approach to mining gold that doesn't require these toxic chemicals and what's keeping the majority of brands doing things the conventional way?
0: First of all, I just want to keep pointing out that there's a lot, there are a lot of places that right now produce gold without using mercury. Like in the old days of the gold rush out in California, there are still people around the world that pan for gold and then by gravitational methods separate the gold from the rock and the sand and things like that and sell it. And that's legitimate. But I want you to remember that those places have never been part of the problem. Because they've never used mercury. So I want everyone to understand that there are. And there have been a lot of companies, and there are a lot of companies, that sell mercury-free gold. And this is where the distinction comes in here that, unfortunately, they do that. And it's typically for a, you know, a store or for their small clientele and things. But it doesn't address the real issue because those people have never been part of the problem. So, so that's really the key here. So then the others, okay, and there's very small amounts of this, okay, just so you know, Command. In other words, we're not talking the gold industry every year, let's just say the, the jewelry industry every year uses almost 2,500 tons of gold a year, okay? And I want you to understand that when we're talking about some of these small miners and things like that, they're producing maybe 20 kilos. There's a lot of, I uh, say, mom and pop operations out there. We're not talking about the big miners, okay, here. We're talking about where the problem is and it's with the small miners. So I think a lot of the, the businesses try to do the right thing. So that's why they go to Recycle Gold and they say, you know what, we're not adding to the problem. And that's why some of them go even to, let's just say, a fair trade gold or a fair mine gold, because they're helping the social side of it. Okay, the reason why they they don't go all the way a lot of times is because there was a premium that you pay for this gold, because you have to, again, build trust with the miners and they have to be able to survive. So that's part of the deal that when you do use this gold, there is a higher price. And that would reduce and lower margins, obviously, right? So that's why, again, I felt it had to be a new modern brand rather than an old brand that could kind of start the ball rolling here.
1: Does it have that premium because it takes longer to extract this gold compared to other methods?
0: No, it, it really has the premium basically because, again, you know, we just have to try to understand when you're going out into the hills and into the jungles around the world and things like that you know people are surviving and when you come in with regulation because their mind comes in with regulation and auditing and some of it requires equipment and stuff loans and things like this yeah, it becomes a, it becomes a you know a business issue for them and that's why some of them go part way, and some of them go all the way. It's not like a big group together. That's what makes this very hard. It makes this very hard. That's why the model is important. If we can get the model right, then we can take it around the world. But yeah, the premiums, they're really kind of like a little bit like the carrot and stick approach that says, you know, well, we're going to pay you more. We're going to give you access to people who are willing to pay more for your gold than the current traders that are coming in and buying it from you. And you know, the gold traders come in right. and it could be that Some of them are buying for legitimate reasons, for legitimate refinery reasons, and some of them are coming in for other less legitimate reasons, okay? But it's a a very complex system, Kameh, and that's why it's not a simple solution. I think that's probably why a lot of people haven't scratched the surface yet, Mm. because there's a lot there. And again, that's why I keep thinking and believing that a new brand had to do this,
1: my next question for you was going to be, what do you think we'll need to be able to transform the entire industry for the better with these strict ethical and environmental standards in place? So it sounds like you feel like we have to start with kind of a grassroots approach to tackling this.
0: Legislation isn't going to work. You know, it doesn't work. And especially when you have such a fragmented supply chain out there. So you can't just all of a sudden go in and say you can't use mercury anymore, okay? Because some countries have done that. And, you know, no different than other countries have said you can't have alcohol or things like this. We know what happens, okay? And it gets smuggled in and brought in. So the legislation piece isn't going to work. And that's why I think a combination of legislation and legitimate consumer demand, because at the end of the day, it's, it's always economics that, leads the way to real change mm. okay and everyone that now that i've been speaking with okay they're all believing the same thing now and I, I like i said i just think that futura will start it and then maybe there'll be a lot of other brands maybe like futura or similar or whatever that'll start to do it and get more prominence and then it'll happen it'll happen it's gonna take years but yeah, start someplace definitely <laughs> we're starting here
1: And finally, before we close off, what do you think we can do as individuals to support the gold mining industry to have higher environmental standards, whether or not we personally may be interested in jewelry or can afford luxury gold pieces?
0: That's a very, very tough question uh, for me at this point, because what what I've tried to do and what we're going to try to do, you know, and I'm not saying everyone, but many people like Jewelry. And I won't say gold or whatever, but they don't like jewelry. So in Futura's case, we have a line of wedding rings, and they're priced as well as most other wedding rings out there on purpose because I want to give young people that opportunity to be able to make choices and wear things that match their values. And Futura will also come out eventually with our staple collection things that every woman, kind of, like I said, may have in her jewelry box, okay? So some very simple things, like maybe a heart pendant, maybe a pair of hoop earrings, maybe some simple bracelet and things. So what we're trying to do also is not exclude anyone from this area. And the other hope will be that maybe other jewelers that come in um, um, will maybe come in at different price points and and, and offering different uh, options that will eventually allow everybody to, to vote with their voice, if you would. In the meantime, if people, let's just say, aren't able to contribute, like you say, in, in a way of, purchase or things like that. I just think really word of mouth. I mean, just talking about the issue I think is really the most important thing. You know, it's that whole first follower thing that if we can get the people like yourself, like myself and things like that, who are part of that niche group of people right now who are concerned legitimately about these issues. And we just talk about them, not preach, because, again, you know, I don't want to tell people that this is right, this is wrong. Just give them information, give them facts, and let them talk about them naturally. I think that's, that's going to be the biggest thing.
1: Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. And thank you so much for your thoughtfulness in what you do and proving that there is a better way. We would, of course, love to keep learning from you and check out your work online. So uh, what is next for you and where can we follow you online?
0: Online there, you know, we do have our Instagram, which is at Futura Jewelry, and then the website is www.futurajewelry.com. Our next steps now are really, we're going to have, I hope, a significant presence and push now to try and get the communications out there. And then what we plan to do is just keep the jewelry coming and the call to action coming, And continuing to help in this um, UN project, really, of trying to give them a model that they can take country to country.
1: Do you have things like clothing, furniture and art lying around your home that you no longer make use of like I do? Well, what if we could exchange them for other people's items that they no longer make use of, but that we actually want? Like for me, that would always be more houseplants. When I first heard about the Buns app, I was super intrigued and excited because not only does this promote sustainability through encouraging reuse and trade, but it also fosters a sense of community with like-minded people near us. If you don't find anything that you want in exchange for what you're offering, you can also accept their currency called Bits. B-T-Z, that you can then use at an increasing number of local partnering businesses. It takes just a few seconds to download, so head on over to the App Store, search for the Buns app, B-U-N-Z, hit download, and have fun. If you're in Southern California, you may see me on there, and I hope to see you there as well. For now, to our final five. Let's power through. What's an uplifting social media account or publication you follow?
0: I follow... Reformation. I mean, that's something that I find that they know how to how to, how to do things. I do follow Vija also. I, I have my favorites, and the reason why I have them, just so will be clear, is because they speak with their audience. They they're not preaching. They speak with the audience about current events about today and things like that. And I think that's how this has to happen. Mm-hmm. This has to be where we are in this together kind of approach. And that's why those couple brands that I named, I like. And, and it's all that because I think that's the s- most successful way to make change.
1: What do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired?
0: that I care and that I'm important to helping. I'm very optimistic, always have been my whole life, and uh, my mission is always to do the best I can. So it doesn't take much for me to stay inspired, but I do remember that I count and, and my voice is important.
1: What's one thing you're working on for your health at the moment?
0: basically about six times a week. I either run in the morning, lift weights or do some Pilates or something. So it's always my quiet time. So I start my day every morning, early in the morning with, uh, you know, about an hour of, you know, some kind of vigorous activity. And that pretty much has kept me pretty healthy.
1: What's one thing you're working on right now to live more sustainably?
0: I'll just say this. And we, again, once again, it's just always been a a habit in our house. We really don't use one-use plastics at all. So, you don't get plastic cups, you don't get paper, plastic plates and things like that, when you come to the house for events and things like that, because I just don't feel that that was necessary. So I'm mindful of that. And that also ties back to that ocean thing that I talked about very early on.
1: What makes you most hopeful for our planet at the moment?
0: This generation, okay, and this future generations that really have this (laughs) feeling, rightfully so, that they can make a change, no matter how big the mountain is in front of them. And I think that's been proven time in and time out. And I, I think that's great. I think that's great.
1: And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers?
0: Part of this brand Futura, we call it, in my, when I came up with a persona for it, it was the wise, heroic dreamer. So it's funny that you should say green dreamers. So what, what did that mean to me? It just meant that, in you know, other words, you have a dream, and I did. You have to be smart about it, okay? And sometimes you've got to step out there, okay, and be willing to put yourself out there to risk. You've got to be all in. So I, I think that when you believe in something, you got to be all in, not one foot in, one foot out, okay? And just live with the consequences. And hopefully, if you believe like that, it always happens. I believe that. I just believe you just got to be there hundred percent and not have any fear.
1: Be there a hundred percent, go all in and don't have any fear. Green Dreamer, thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you so much to our new patrons, Elka, Elizabeth, Natalie, and Kaylee. Thank you, thank you so much. If you're enjoying Green Dreamer and it's been helpful and meaningful to you in any way, I really hope you'll consider supporting the show and joining our Green Dreamer network. And you can do so by going to greendreamer.com support. As always, you can find our show notes at greendreamer.com slash 135 for episode 135. Reach me with feedback on how we can improve the show for you through our website's contact page. And you can find me on Instagram at Kamea Shane and at green dreamer podcast. Finally, as we're wrapping up, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.